It's Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Ecoville. I'm your host, Nonsigele Lokwaka. Today on the program, we're joined by Rufaro Matsika, who is an environmentalist and also working as a community development research officer at the African Youth Initiative on Climate Change Zimbabwe. Rufaro is in Nairobi, Kenya, where she is representing Zimbabwe at the inaugural Nairobi Summer School on Climate Change. The summer school aims at enhancing advocacy on climate justice through younger activists. More than 700 people are taking part in the pilot project and were chosen from thousands of applicants from around the world. Welcome to the program, Rufaro. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay. So please give us a brief uh, background on yourself and how you got involved in, in environmental work. Thank you. Okay, so my name is Rufaro Nyashamatsika. I am an environmental scientist, as mentioned, and climate change activist. I work with African Youth Initiative on Climate Change Zimbabwe as a community development research officer. And also I am working on becoming a greenhouse gas management expert. I hold a bachelor's degree in environmental science and technology and a master's in safety, health and environmental management. And how I got involved in environmental work, I think it's just expand itself. My background is just environment. Mm -hmm. I've always been passionate about environmental conservation and I'm pursuing a career in it. Thank you. That's great. Uh, Like I said uh, in the introduction, you are currently in Nairobi, Kenya attending the inaugural Nairobi Summer School on Climate Justice. Please tell us more about the summer school and its objectives. Okay, yes, uh, that's very true. I am currently in Nairobi, Kenya, uh, attending the first ever summer school in Africa on climate justice, uh, called the Nairobi Summer School on Climate Justice. Uh, It is the first ever summer school on climate justice to be conducted in Africa, and it is an innovation by the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance with partnership with the Kenyatta University in Kenya. And it is being um, conducted in Nairobi uh, at the Kenyatta University as the venue. Uh, The school is going on for 12 days, so now we are in the last week and the it, the school has brought together participants from like all over Africa and abroad their representatives from um, America we have the Philippines uh, Africa I think over 49 nations are represented so it is well attended and there is diversity uh, the objectives of the summer school are to capacitate climate activists climate scientists with knowledge so that they can practice their activism from an uh, informed point of view uh, so that when they go into the field doing the activist work, we don't go in there not uh, speaking from like uh, a general perspective or an uninformed point of view. Uh, They want the activists to be stating the facts of what's really going on on the ground. And it also aims to like bridge conversation between uh, prominent scholars and researchers because the people who are capacitating us, they are world-renowned researchers, professors, scientists, and even negotiators who got to negotiate um, at the UNFCCC conference of parties mm-hmm. uh, representing the global north and the global south. They are all involved in capacitating us. So yes, we are gaining uh, 
vast knowledge. And so bridging the conversation between the prominent scholars, researchers on climate justice in the global north and those in the global south. And it also aims to enable activists like from all over the world to share their experiences, best practices, perspectives, and to reflect on just pathways to a low carbon climate resilient development pathway. And I think the long-term objective of the summer school is to promote and create voices, uh, especially creative voices, uh, especially from the youths and social, from say, social scientific backgrounds and their innovations that tackle vexed questions on environment and climate justice and um, including intergenerational equity. So yeah, basically, and the plan is for the climate justice summer school to be happening annually from this year onwards. Oh, okay. Uh, from a Zimbabwean perspective, uh, why do you think it's important to attend such conferences? What's the benefit for us as a country? As a country, well, Zimbabwe is a developing nation and it is part of the global south uh, who's being uh, heavily impacted by impacts of uh, climate change. And as much as we need to tackle climate change through mitigation and adaptation, we are very vulnerable and we need to also focus on adaptation, not just mitigation only. Mm. But currently, most climate finance is being directed towards climate change mitigation, as we have all noticed, and adaptation is like on the lower side. So, which we think is kind of an injustice. So we now need to think from a perspective, whose agenda are we pushing now? Climate change mitigation, yes, the developing countries have already developed polluting their climate, which is not causing the climate change, but we are still on the pathway of development. And as much, we are being affected by climate change and we need to adapt. So as much as we need to mitigate, we also need to adapt to climate change. But then when the resources and attention is being focused more towards mitigation than adaptation, then there becomes a discrepancy there. So we we need to fight for justice so that we also get the relevant attention that we need in terms of climate change adaptation. Yes, everybody is being affected by climate change, but then there are those who are more vulnerable compared to others, depending on adaptive capacity. If you're being affected by climate change, but then you have the money to cope, then it means you quickly get out of the situation compared to people who are being affected and they don't have the means to actually become resilient or ad adapt to the situation. So it's a matter of us raising our voices. Af Africa is developing nations come together, raise our voices so that when these issues go to COP, our negotiators will also be able to negotiate on behalf of us in terms of loss and damage, and adaptation. Okay, you introduced two terms that I feel our listeners would need a definition on. Adaptation, is it adapting? Yes. And mitigation. Yes. Please explain those. What do you mean? Okay, so climate change mitigation, uh, simple terms, just means um, activities or initiatives that are done in order to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions mm -hmm. or enhance our carbon sinks. So it's a matter of reducing the uh, emissions into the atmosphere and also having in innovations which also sequestrate the carbon that's already in the atmosphere, absorbing it out of the atmosphere. Then in terms of adaptation, basically means like climate change is already happening, it's there. So how are we going to cope or to 
survive amidst that situation. So these are coping mechanisms of surviving in the climate era so that we will be able to continue living in an abnormal situation. All right. Thank you for, for, for clarifying that because uh, you just have the ordinary person just listening and then they don't understand some of this techno- terminology. So it's very important to, to clarify some of these things. Very true. Right. So uh, what do you think participants of the conference will learn and benefit from attending? Uh, participants. Firstly, it's a great opportunity to to view Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Kenya, if it was your first time. Well, yeah. Been, but yeah. well, that's besides the main, the main objective. I think participants will learn to network, mm-hmm. create partnerships with our fellow climate scientists and activists from across the continent, share best practices on the innovations that they are also doing in their respective organizations in their countries, how it has worked for them and how we can replicate them in our own countries. And yeah, you get to network, partner with key successful climate activists. And I think also participants are going to gain knowledge um, or key concepts on climate change and climate justice. Like climate justice is um, still, I can't say a new topic, but it's still uh, something that not many people can understand what people do understand climate change, but then when you introduce the justice part, then it it, it can become a bit complicated. Mm. So yeah, being capacitated in climate change and the concept of climate justice being delivered by world-renowned researchers and scientists, professors, and even negotiators at the UNFCCC processes, and also acquiring this knowledge will help climate activists to like disseminate information from an informed point of view. Sometimes there is street activism, where you're just going to shout and scream in the street, but without really knowing what you are saying, what's in the crowd. Mm. Or sometimes you go and demand things that you don't know that your government has already done or is already in the process of doing, but because you don't, you're not well read or you don't understand the processes, you might just go with uh, empty activism where you're going to demand things that are already being done. So sometimes you need to also be well researched, read, which are some of the things we are being encouraged to do. So yeah, we will also hear like key aspects and concepts of uh, critical negotiation processes which happen at the conference of parties and identify areas with gaps in terms of meeting uh, Global South needs because there is need for justice in terms of Global South versus the Global North. Mm -hmm. And this will also help climate activists with knowledge of areas to target when making their demands or like stating their stance at at these negotiations. Mm -hmm. So um, you were talking about interaction, like it's it's an opportunity to interact with people from different uh, uh, countries. So uh, as you're attending the conference with youths from different parts of Africa, how has that interaction changed your perspective on climate change issues in Africa? Uh, Well, yeah, it is true. The school is being attended by hundreds of youth from all over continents and um, abroad. And it has been an interesting uh, couple of days as we got to interact with the face people from different backgrounds, not just academically, but socially. Um, and they also share their experiences 
climate change impacts and uh, their activism, climate activism work, uh, have actually gotten to appreciate that climate change is a, re- a reality and is hitting everyone just as bad as it is affecting us uh, in Zimbabwe. Like when I was told that I was coming to Kenya, I thought Kenya would be hot. I packed just summer clothes, but you arrive here, you <laughs> realize it's different. Shame! <laughs> it's actually shame and rainy. Oh, shame. Yes. And you ask them, they say, oh, yeah, it was actually supposed to be summer and hot, but then it's been like this, the uh, weather, climate is no longer like predictable. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. Things yeah, are so changing. Realize, it's not just in Zimbabwe we are facing this. Yeah. So, yeah. I've gotten to appreciate that it's not just Zimbabwe which is being uh, affected. And it also made me realize that it is not only Zimbabwean environmental activists and climate activists who are unhappy about the mushrooming of fossil fuel uh, uh, exploration projects by Chinese. Mm-hmm. In the era where we are all trying to push towards investing in renewable energy and moving away from dirty fossil fuels. It's mm-hmm. one thing when we have the plans that we already had before, but then actually trying to invest in new big core plants, fossil fuels, when we have made a solid commitment that we want to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions and be part of the Paris Agreement. So. I immediately realized that it's not Zimbabwe uh, only. Majority of the African countries actually came forward when we were having this discussion mm-hmm. and stated their grievances. And it seems like uh, it's the same story everywhere. <laughs> Everyone mm-hmm. is, 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 is unhappy about the Chinese and how they are also uh, degrading the environment along the way and human rights issues. I think you know the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also learned that Zimbabwe is ahead is on track uh, in terms of climate change action. I think we need to also applaud our Ministry of Environment, Climate Change Management Department Mm -hmm. in terms of addressing the Paris Agreement compared to other countries. Mm -hmm. We already have uh, our national climate change learning strategy and we are in the process of also having our national climate law and our national climate fund. Some countries uh, have not yet even updated their NDCs. They don't have a learning strategy. So I think we are we are we are ahead. We are ahead. No, no. It's actually good to know that we're actually on track, uh, and we are putting forward policies that will help in, in the fight against climate change. And I hope that uh, the government also gets to intervene in terms of uh, mining that's not sustainable and. They actually protect the environment than watching uh, people from outside the country come in and and, uh, plunder or pillage the country. And then uh, we are left with the damage. So I hope something will be done in that that area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, do you think youth in Africa have a full understanding of the impact of climate change? Uh, From what I've guessed so far, I think youth generally have full understanding of climate change and its impacts and they are taking up the space as they have realized that if they do not push no one will (laughs) they are Mm. the leaders of tomorrow and of today and they so the youths they're involved in various mitigation and adaptation projects and i think the only issue 
is uh, being lack of access to adequate climate finance to carry out these projects or to move them from the pilot phase and actually amplify the projects. That's the major issue because youth um, are lacking capacity in terms of applying for these climate funds because maybe it may be complicated to draft the proposal or come up with a solid proposal or sometimes you actually have the proposal but then you uh, you get stuck when sometimes uh, the grants require you to have previous projects that you may have done uh, and show results of the project. Sometimes the youth maybe startups you don't have pre-prior projects and Mm -hmm. in that situation it may be very hard to get the climate finance but yeah generally the youth are showing um a full understanding of climate change how how do you think or what can be done to ensure that uh youths have access to funding as you've said um Maybe that's what's stopping their full participation. What do I think should be done? Mm-hmm. How do you think youths can have more access? Should the government be chipping well, in? Should it well, be, yeah, um, I think when it comes to climate justice, it's, we are not just looking at the global not for funding. We are all respond. We are all in this fight, fight for uh, climate change fight together. Mm-hmm. But um, we can contribute as much as we can as a nation before even looking outside for funding from the global north we should also try to show commitment that yes we do want to tackle this situation but we are we can do to this extent and we need help from there to to the greater extent so i think uh, our national governments should also try to put a set up national youth funds mm. uh, specific for environmental climate projects a national climate fund which we know that youth will easily be able to access when they said um when they call for applications youth can just apply with their projects and they know uh, finance will be easy to access compared to when youth are now required to cope to be competing with huge ngos uh older people who now have experience in this proposal developing for the same grant and you know you will stand a very little chance to to get that fund but when we have like localized funds which youth can access i think it will be a major step mm-hmm. so how can african countries rally together and come up with consolidated efforts uh in the fight against climate change um well african countries i think uh it is clear that we are all facing the same situation uh, and the situation is bad. So I think African countries can just come together, discuss their needs and commitments and how they intend to like implement these commitments. And like following the principle of common but differentiated responsibilities, they can work together like to play their part in fighting climate change and then be in solidarity with their needs when they attend uh, this big conference of parties. And then they should maintain their stance and refuse to be bullied up there because, you know, um, by bigger powers into agreements which are selfish or inconsiderate, like... For example, pushing for just mitigation, ignoring adaptation, when you know we are suffering more from the climate change impacts compared to the global north, and we have very little adaptive capacity and very vulnerable. So I think when there is solidarity, um, Africa, uh, Africa 
Africa means Africa's main content um, and priority is adaptation, and we need to see more climate finance pu being pushed towards uh, adaptation. Because I think the, uh, what I've heard so far from um, this conference, the general notion is that more finance is being pushed towards mitigation because mitigation projects have uh, returned on investments compared to adaptation projects where we, it would be like not an investment, but just helping people to cope, but without like any business uh, uh, aspect of it. But then we can't just rely on that and say it's not a business case. So we are going to focus more on mitigation. We also need adaptation funds. Yes, there is the adaptation fund, but how many are actually going to uh, access it? Like actually there was a discussion where we were saying the Green Climate Fund Nations are contributing from the global north. They have contributed uh, a negligible amount to convert to the amount that they were initially set to, to put into the fund. Mm -hmm. But then because it's uh, accessible to everyone, both north and south, those who have better experience in developing this proposal for this GCF funds, they will be able to develop the, uh, the proposal very quickly and access the funds such that by the time we finish over two, three years developing the proposal, the funds will be very little mm. left. So it also becomes a, a justice issue. So I think as Africa, it just needs to be more vigilant, um, conducting both mitigation and adaptation and resilience, um, building it to, and so that they happen concurrently, but not prioritizing one over the other. They just need to be happening concurrently. So uh, lastly, as the summer school is coming to an end, with all the things that you've learned during uh, the last two weeks, how are you going to come and uh, implement that here in Zimbabwe? It has in enlightened me in terms of um, this, the politics between in, that happen in climate change. Like sometimes when you have no one telling you about these things, uh, you won't really understand. You just be viewing climate change as just, oh, it's climate change happening. But then there are deeper politics uh, that happen inside these uh, negotiation rooms and this conference of parties. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it has enlightened me in terms of how I think and how I'm going to also approach climate change uh, issues. So when I come back, I am... Uh, it would be very good for me to also share what I have learned with other youths um, through various platforms. As a member of AIC, we also have this session called Fact Talk, well, which we hold every Wednesday, and which is meant to capacitate youths on climate change topics, everything about climate change, so that we just capacitate youth so that uh, about facts on climate change, so that they also, when they go out there, they will be able to do their activist work from an informed point of view. Mm -hmm. So we have a quite a pretty uh, huge following. So I'll also come back and share what I have learned, also write a report, recirculate it, and strategize on how we can move forward from there, trying to implement uh, what I have learned into our activist uh, work. Uh, thank you, Rufaro, for coming to the program. Thank you so much for having me. 
Mm, and we hope you continue to advocate for climate justice. Sure. <laughs> the time to act is now. Yes, it's always now. Now is better than tomorrow. No. Yes. <laughs> so thank you again to all our listeners. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow us on our social media pages. Our handle is EcoVZW on all platforms. Join us next week for another episode. I'm your host, Nosigele Lokwaka.